2: Shh. services are provided by green dot bank member fdic terms apply
0: hey this is annie and samantha and welcome to stuff i'm never told you your production by her radio And today we were bringing back one that I had a lot of fun with. I think you had fun with too, Samantha. But it was one we did. Admittedly, I would not find this funny now. But we did about salty valentines. Uh, <laughs> this history of giving really mean, cruel
1: valentines. Oh, uh, that was one of the
0: first introductions to this show. I was like, I like this. Let's go. Yes. Um, it was a very fascinating one. You can find a lot of uh, images uh, should you choose to do so. But we haven't re-ran it. So since we're getting into a Valentine's Day territory, we thought we would bring it back. Uh, so please enjoy this classic episode. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartMedia's How Stuff Works. As this episode comes out, it is Valentine's Day. Aww. Surrounded by Singles Awareness Day, Valentine's Day, whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate on February 14th. Mistress Day, apparently. Mistress Day. Mm, that seems sexist. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah. Uh, we might get into that a little <laughs> bit later. Um, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, Samantha and I are in L.A., and we might be doing our own sort of Valentine's Day thing. Oh, it's gonna be a full thing. It's gonna be a full Between thing.
1: The Galentines and Valentines. We're gonna celebrate and it all. Single, all of that thing. We're gonna do all of them.
0: Okay, perfect. Uh, yes. All, all the boxes. All
1: we'll of the boxes, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we might have a coffee times with other gals.
0: Yeah. Or those who identify come, as. Come and celebrate. Or just wants to hang with. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Trigger warning, uh, brief mentions of violence against women in this one, and this one actually came to my mind because I learned about Dating Sunday for the first time, here in the United States at least, uh, which is apparently a New Year's resolution post-holiday breakup thing. And maybe like you're still single, questions that you got over the holidays or OMG Valentine's Day is coming around the corner. One of those or a combination of those reasons that results in a bunch of people signing up for dating apps. The first Sunday of the new year is the busiest day of the year for dating apps. Did you know about this? Lisa? Yes, I did. And I purposely stayed away from
1: January all the way through March when I was on the dating sites, because uh-huh. of that. I'm like, I will not be a statistic. <laughs> you are so much more than a statistic <laughs> to me, Samantha. I do know that there's also a tradition for New Year's, you know, how people do things, that if you wear pink underwear, that's supposed to usher in new lovers or something. I have not heard
0: that. Yeah, I've heard that. Okay, well. That I did it. Sure you did it. Or didn't. It doesn't matter either way. <laughs> Some apps see an increase of new users up to 80%. And one of the ways I learned about this is I got asked out a lot in January, and it, I, it made me stop and think, something is happening here. Yeah, <laughs> something yeah. is not right. And now I know. There it is. I was part of the statistics. You were. In some ways. But you weren't on the apps, right? No, no. I was just getting asked out. As I've said before, I do have a very long history of dating people born on or near Valentine's Day. That has also given hmm. me pause. And a lot of my friends are born around this time. Right. I don't believe in astrology, but I'm like, huh, interesting. Mm, those are the types of people, huh? Yes. Samantha and I, we were discussing what our schools used to do for Valentine's Day, like, you know, primary school. When I was in elementary school, we would make these little decorated shoe boxes with slots for valentine's cards and you just would sort of sit around awkwardly <laughs> and hope that you got one after you'd given yours out and hope that the one you got wasn't mean because i got some mean ones really yes i did it's so weird you didn't have this experience no oh geez well i did and we went to school nearish each other we'll nearish uh, different time frames that's true but you'd think it would improve over time and not get worse over Apparently,
1: y'all got meaner. I don't know. (laughs)
0: They were mean. They have a picture of your face with a bunch of pimples on it. Wow. Oh, my gosh. What?
1: Yes. That's elaborate.
0: Oh, I'm That's a mean girl elaborate. Steven. I haven't forgotten. Steven's a mean girl. But I got back later. Don't worry about it. Oh, no. In high school, we had this thing where you could pay a dollar to send either white, pink, or red, rose anonymously. Um, White represented friendship, pink, Represented a crush, I think. And red represented love. But of course, my friends and I all hijacked it. And we sent each other flowers from secret admirers. It was great. Um, My mom would always make me these paper roses every year. I have them. I saved them. I'm a very sentimental person, and my dad would get me a chocolate from our local chocolate maker, so it was like a grab bag of some bad things, but some good things. Wow, I guess you guys did a lot more. Maybe my school just
1: did not care as much. We definitely did the rows, whatever, do with those things. It wasn't different colors to represent anything, A. Mm-hmm. B, we were never mean. I mean, I think for our school, we did the little dinky shoeboxes as well, but... Everybody brought everyone a Valentine, and you won if there was a piece of candy on it. <laughs> like that's how you knew you were liked, kind of. If you got more candy or whatever, whatnot. Of course, we would also have the ones where they would send deliveries oh, sure. to individual kids and such. And I remember specifically that I had to have a boyfriend the third grade, because for the, like I've never, I was like I'm no, it was fifth grade, and I was determined to have someone deliver something to me. I love it. I know. I was very manipulative. But to be fair, I got him a really great thing, too. And I'm sure I think included one of those pencils with a heart that breaks. Oh, yeah. That says be mine or whatever. Right. Um, so, I mean, we gave each other gifts. But, yeah, no, never any mean ones. I never saw maybe you we were just nicer or maybe I just never noticed. Yeah, you, things could have been going on. Maybe I just didn't know. My friends were nicer than your friends. I don't know. Oh, how dare you my friends? <laughs> but I will say, I also get a box of chocolates, even to this day, every year from my father. Aww. Um, And that's one of the things that he loves to do is give my sister and I a box of chocolates. And even with me being not home, mm-hmm. he mails it. And he usually, like, prioritizes it, you know, that has to be one-day shipping, Right. All these things, something from Walmart or Target or something.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, it should be coming any day now. I'm around. I'm available. Okay. Okay. just saying. Okay. All right. Well, we're doing a kind of basic, very brief history of Valentine's. This is actually fascinating. But before that, um, overview, Valentine's Day is a holiday that takes place on February 14th, all about love and expressing your love, usually through things like cards, flowers, and candy. Yes, it is a big business. In 2010, people spent around 18.6 billion dollars on Valentine's Day.
1: And these days, Valentine's Day is a great way for companies and corporations to perpetuate hetero dating and gender stereotypes. Women love chocolate, right? No, right? Some idea. Uh, But it wasn't always a holiday about love no it wasn't here. so with a brief history of valentine's day no one's entirely sure where valentine's day came from but one popular theory goes all the way back to the ancient roman celebration of, of lupercalia from february 13th through the 15th this festival called for men who surprised were usually drunk and naked to sacrifice a goat and a dog how dare you then they would skin these animals and whip women with the skin Delightful! What a great celebration! The women (laughs) believed this ritual helped with fertility. There was a matchmaking aspect as well. Men would draw the names of women out of jars, and the couple would go off and have lots of sex for
0: the rest of the festival. And if they hit it off, they might even stay together. This sounds sort of like, I just finished the newest thing of um, Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I feel like a couple seasons back they had
1: had this. They did. They Mm -hmm. had the worshiping, whatever, and they paired with each other. They were supposed to have sex all night or something? Or something. It didn't happen that way. but Not for Sabrina.
0: <laughs> yeah, other people, who knows, but mm. not for Sabrina. As for the name Valentine's, during the 3rd century CE, Roman Emperor Claudius had two men named Valentine executed via decapitation on February 14th on two separate years, possibly because they were Christians. The first man, Father Valentinus, ended up arrested and in servitude of a well-off man named Asterius. Father Valentinus kept espousing the power of Christianity, and Asterius told him, look, if you can get rid of my foster daughter's blindness, you will make a believer out of me. So the father covered the girl's eyes with his hands and recited, Lord Jesus Christ, enlighten your handmaid because you are God, the true light. And the legend goes, she regained her sight, and Asterius converted along with his entire family. But getting wind of this, the emperor ordered them all to be executed. The second valentine to be executed had an extremely similar story, and so scholars suspect they're probably the same person, just with two different names and slightly different details. Nevertheless, the Catholic Church later honored their martyrdom with St. Valentine's Day. Several churches throughout Europe claim to have pieces of St. Valentine's skull. One place even claims to have the whole thing. If you're curious about where this information comes from, because I was, there was a, a, I guess he was a, a priest. He went around collecting uh, stories for all of these saints and compiled them into to one book. So if you're ever curious about a saint, Then check it out. (laughs) In the 11th century, a priest claiming to have St. Valentine's head used it to cure a whole laundry list of things, including demonic possession and to prevent fires and epidemics. Oh, we need that today. We do. I wonder where it is. I no wonder. Hmm. That's the new Indiana Jones <laughs> getting rebooted. I mean, come on. There it is. A lot of media has romanticized the story of Valentine, that he wrote love letters in jail or performed marriages in jail, but there's no real historical evidence to back that up. What we have is on shaky enough ground.
1: Speaking of the Catholic Church, in an attempt to do away with pagan festivals, they combined Valentine's Day with Lupercalia in 5th century CE, but it was still pretty much a day about getting drunk and fertility, but now with clothes on, because, you know, Christians. Right. That's the way you got to do it. <laughs> in parallel, there was Galentine's Day, a holiday observed by the Normans. Gallatin meant lover of women, because the names are similar. It's likely they got combined at some point in time.
0: Right. And then, with the help of artists like Shakespeare, Ophelia describes herself as Hamlet's Valentine and Chaucer, who wrote of February as the season bird's mate. How romantic! Valentine's Day was romanticized and popularized throughout Europe. By the Middle Ages, handmade paper cards had become a part of this tradition. The French Duke of Orleans described his wife as his, quote, very gentle Valentine in a letter he wrote to her in February 1415. Sweets became a part of it, too, getting something sweet for someone you thought was sweet. Oh, so I need to get you something sweet.
1: Oh, you think I'm sweet? Oh, you know I do. Oh. So from Europe, this holiday spread, eventually making its way to the new world. 19th century industrialization added mass-produced factory-made cards to the mix. And in 1913, a little company you may have heard of, oh, I don't know, called Hallmark, <laughs> Hallmark Cards, started making cards in Kansas
0: City, Missouri. Right. And, and from there, you can imagine... Oh, the birth of cards. So yeah, oh, well, they were very instrumental in popularizing a lot of the holidays we celebrate, right. Because that's their bread and butter. Why not? You gotta get a card for this holiday that's and this same holiday. with a card, exactly. But not all cards were were nice, and we're gonna get into that. But first, we're gonna pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
2: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
0: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. And we're back with something I actually learned about. I remember the precise moment I learned about this. I'll over on our other show, my other show that I do Samantha, you should just come along and be yes. part of it. Yes. Um, we savor, which is all about food and drink. We did an episode for Valentine's Day on um, sweethearts, the candy. Yes. With the messages. And I somehow found this thing about giving people mean sweethearts. And from there, I found this old tradition of giving people vinegar valentines and you
1: told me about this and i was i had no clue that was a thing i'm still
0: kind of baffled oh even though we've been researching it i'm still baffled oh it's baffling actually it makes perfect sense in a weird way and i'm gonna bring it all together to be fair though i feel like i would be this is probably my type of valentine anyway lord it probably (laughs) is so this is something that i'm is hilarious, but I'm also really glad it's a thing of the past because (laughs) they're pretty mean, and we're going to do some examples. But um, So vinegar valentines were previously called mocking, insulting, or comic vinegar is actually something that we call them modernly. That's not what they were called back then. And this was the practice from about the 1840s to 1940s that was particularly popular in the United States and the UK of giving people a mean or cruel card, usually with a crude caricature, Almost always anonymously. Oh. Even when folks made their own Valentine's before there was a commercialization of cards, they made these vinegar versions. They made homemade vinegar versions. I guess that's what I was getting in elementary school. Yeah. Um, but the, the commercialization of cards took that and ran with it. They, they made them. People would buy these cards for about a penny or sometimes more for a fancy one, and they could get pretty fancy and send them through the mail again, anonymously, to add insult to injury, the person receiving the vinegar valentine usually had to pay for postage. What? They had to pay for it. It could be someone you secretly despise, or it could be a not-so-nice way to tell a suitor you were not that into him. That was a really popular one. Well, you should do these. I don't think so. (laughs) I I don't think so. You could send one to a couple you didn't like, or if they were doing PDA you you didn't like, you could send that. Um, You could strongly advise them to change their behavior. A lot of them are threatening in nature, like, change your ways or else. (laughs) Millions of these, millions were printed. If you think about it, as I have... They were sort of an early example of trolling. It really is. It's like we complain about social media today and how terrible people are, but we've been terrible, apparently, as long as we can be anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, because if you didn't want to say something to someone's face... Here, here was a great way to do it. And you could get them for just about anything or anyone. They get so specific. At one time, these cards accounted for half of all Valentine's sales, not just cards, sales in the United States. Wow. Yeah. Uh, The power of anonymity, I guess. Yes. So we do want to have, we want to go
1: through some examples. Oh, yeah. These are fun. So there's one that's. This image that shows a woman handing a man a lemon and the caption reads, To my valentine, tis a lemon I hand you now, Skadoo, because I love another. There is no chance for you. <laughs> Also, I would like to say all of these have great words that we'd never use anymore, such as skadoo, and I I think I would need to bring them back. You need the transatlantic accent.
0: Oh, yeah. I know. I don't do that well. I I mean, we'll see how it goes. Mm. There's one of a woman dumping a bucket of water on a man's head that reads, Here's a pretty cool reception. At least you will say there's no deception. It's just as plain as it can say. Old fellow, you best step away. <laughs> that may be something you should do. <laughs> no, again, no. <laughs>
1: Another one shows a snake in a suit on, and a top hat. And then there's a woman looking on in the fear in the background. And the caption goes, I'm not attracted by your glitter. For well, I know how very bitter my life would be if I should take you for my spouse, a rattlesnake. Oh, no, I'd not accept the ring or evermore to it prove a sting.
0: Oh, also, I think that snake had a monocle. Just want to add that in there. Oh, that probably sounds about right. Yes. Another depicts a man about to kiss a donkey with the message, Hey, lover boy, the place for you is home upon the shelf because the only one who'd kiss you is a jackass like yourself. Or this, titled Bald Head. Your bright, shining pate is seen at all shows and invariably down in the bald-headed rows, where you make conspicuous by your tender care your true ardent love for one lonesome hair. (laughs) Oh, so mean. That one's super mean.
1: So several were moral-based about PDA or alcoholism or this one called television bug. It says, at faces that are televised all day and night you stare, but if they saw your stupid mug, they'd all go off the air. Oh, my gosh.
0: I love the rhymes. I'm not going to lie. The rhymes are fun. Yeah. Uh, and these cars got down to the occupation specific. If you had a sales lady you didn't like, there's a vinegar valentine that had you covered. Like this one. Sales lady, as you wait upon the women with disgust upon your face, the way you snap and bark at them, one would think you owned the place. Oh. Ooh, if you weren't a fan of your physician, there was a character named Doctor Suredeath. You could even send one to the postman who delivered the note. They were very big during the Civil War too. One shows a woman with a large skull for a head carrying a chainsaw. The caption reads, "To the surgeon, ho ho, old sawbones, here you." Come. Yes, when the rebels whack us, you are always ready with your traps to mangle, saw, and hack us. Oh,
1: there was a whole category of cards meant to emasculate men who had babies on their lap as being henpecked, which is also a great word. But not good. No. But at the terrible. same time. It's an old school word. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah. And then the old maid from 1894. Tis all in vain your simpering looks. You never can incline with all of your bustle, stay, and curls to find a
0: valentine. <laughs> and this one. She's caught a poor cat and a bird, but she can't snare a man, so we've heard. It's the old maid's sad fate to lose out on a mate and take tea, but shh, not a word. <laughs> <laughs> or this one. You've got more curves than a roller coaster. Your clothes fit like a glove. There's one thing wrong, glamour puss. You've a face only a mother would love.
1: So many depicted women in unfeminine ways. Miss Nosey, an image of a woman with a large nose that reads, On account of your talk of others' affairs, at most dances you sit warming the chairs. Because of the care you
0: take to attend to all others' business, you haven't a friend. And speaking of unfeminine, women's suffrage ushered in a whole new wave of vinegar valentines aimed at women fighting for the right to vote. Like this... Your vote for me you will not get. I don't want a preaching suffragette. These cards typically portrayed suffragettes as ugly and often violent. Some women sent valentines to assure would-be suitors that they weren't like those suffragists. <laughs> Reading, In these wild days of suffragette drays, I'm sure you'd never overlook a girl who can't be militant but simply loves to cook. Okay? But there were pro suffragist <laughs> valentines as well. So, you know, it's kind of like
1: the feminist and anti-feminist. Today, Yeah. And it's just in Twitter.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. These cards, while popular, were certainly not universally well-liked, and it's hard to say how many were jokes and how many were totally serious. An 1895 article from the Kindergarten Primary magazine lamented the detrimental effects these cards had on children, calling on teachers to, quote, "...make it a day for kind remembrance than a day for wrecking revenge." One post office in Chicago held over 25,000 Valentines, deeming some of the cards. Too vulgar to send. But there are historical examples of people getting murdered or taking their own lives over vinegar valentines. So it's a bullying tactic It sure. is. It absolutely is.
1: Again, these are funny to read right now, but plenty were super sexist and racist and phobic, And some advise people to kill themselves. Really, if you think of comment boards and Twitter feeds, YouTube comments, in some ways this is still going on. Actually, in a lot of ways, it's still going on. And people have always been terrible. And again, the world is burning. Sminty, the world is burning. (laughs) That's our tagline. Oh, so wow. Yeah. Vinegar Valentine's, I never
0: knew it was such a thing. I would recommend looking it up um, just to see the imagery in a lot of them. Oh, God. Oh, my. That sounds disheartening.
1: Yes. But maybe we should go on to a better... (laughs) <laughs> We're not bitter. not bitter. <laughs> yes, better topics such as Valentine's Day. Yeah. So the actual name and celebration was first on Parks and Rec episode that aired on February 11th, 2010. Also, should be noted that it was written by a man.
2: Oh, interesting. yes.
1: So in the episode, we see one of my faves, Amy Poehler, celebrating with her gal pals with brunch and plenty of kitschy presents and gifts. And as Leslie explained it. Every February 13th, my lady friends and I leave our husbands and our boyfriends at home and we just come and kick it, breakfast style. Ladies celebrating ladies. It's like the Lilith Fair, minus the angst, plus frittatas. And waffles. And waffles, of course, the waffles. Yeah.
0: As defined by Urban Dictionary, February 13th, the other half of Valentine's Day, when you celebrate your love for your lady friends, single or no. Hey, Judy, you're such a great friend to me, and I want to celebrate our friend love, not only my sexy love with my boyfriend Marvin tomorrow. So let's have a dinner and get together the day before Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, sexy love, sexy love, yes, friend that's love song. and sexy love.
1: Yeah, no, you gotta differentiate. Mm-hmm. So, if you have seen the show, and most likely, if a friend of yours has seen the show, then you know that yes, this is a made of holiday. But the success of it has made some great commercial success, whether from different products being marketed toward the holiday or from the sheer amount of publicity written in reference to said holiday.
0: Yes, one thing. As part of our jobs, and you might not get this a lot yet, Samantha, but you will. Oh, okay. Is uh, cold emails from PR companies. And I have probably gotten at least 30 about Valentine's Day and what I should be doing on Valentine's Day and what I should buy my gal pal friends. So definitely companies have okay. capitalized on it. And also, um i as i said before it wasn't an official day but i feel like a lot of us has been we've been doing right. something like this right for a long time we just didn't call it this and we didn't have all the kind of traditions even though it's right. new there's kind of a set here's what you do exactly <laughs> yes spreading wide enough um It has spawned books, articles, both arguing for and against, as New York Post writer Haley Eber stated in her 2017 column, celebrating female friendship is great, but tying it to Valentine's Day reeks of an opportunistic marketing ploy, Mm. stating she felt it was being used as only a marketing ploy and that February 13th had once been referred to as Mistress Day again for cheaters to take their side pieces, as she states out for a private celebration. Mm-hmm.
1: Perhaps it could be stated that Valentine's was the answer to the long appropriated idea that Valentine's was Single Awareness Day. Side note, there seems to be a whole lot of feelings, whether it's love, loneliness, or defensiveness, just a whole lot of emotion around this month. Right. And again, speaking of a Single Awareness Day, this was created in 2005 with the idea that for too long, February 14th was sad which is the acronym for Single Awareness Day, right. in a negative. And so taking it back and celebrating being single and being aware of that day, I guess, yeah. is on the 15th to celebrate one's own singleness if you happen to be single.
0: Right. And when I was in college, me and a big group of my female friends would do Single Awareness Day, sad. But we, we, we would kind of do it, like, ironically. Right. Like, we were single. Right. But we weren't sad. We were super happy. Right. But we would kind of joke about it.
1: Yes. It's a celebration of, I don't need no persons
0: yeah yeah and then we would always like really do it up it yes. was really fun um and of course it should be noted that there are several other days created before Valentine's day such as international day of friendship created by the un and world friendship crusade in 1958 and celebrated on july 30th although most countries celebrate on the first sunday in august and by the way in 1998 Winnie the Pooh, which (laughs) you didn't know apparently, I didn't know, was appointed as the ambassador of friendship by the UN. Uh, Yes. Also of note, National Friendship Day was created by Hallmark in 1919, but apparently went away in the 1940s. I guess they didn't sell enough cards. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, And yeah, I I had a brain freeze and forgot who Winnie the Pooh was. It's all okay. (laughs) I did know who he was. Now you know. Now I know. (laughs) Um, And we did want to talk about some traditions around the world. But first, we're going to pause for one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning
1: your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.
2: Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring, with access to over 6 million active hourly workers kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
0: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. And yeah, we did want to talk about Some traditions from elsewhere.
1: Yeah, you know, we would love to hear about traditions from other countries. So please let us know if you're in a different country or even if you have different types of traditions. Let us know. Because apparently in Denmark, men give women something called a joking letter. Traditionally, I'm assuming anyone can do it. Yeah. Yeah. The letter has a funny joke or rhyme signed only with a series of dots. Like dot, dot, dot.
0: I think, it, yeah, I think uh, maybe I was thinking Morse code, but see, we, this oh, is why I we need the listeners. Da,
1: da, 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 so if the receiver can figure out who the author is, they get an Easter egg when the holiday rolls around. What? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I wonder if that's really true. Please so you write get, in, listener. So, so you get an Easter egg. If you, yeah. But you have to wait. You have that long mm-hmm. to figure out who it is. Probably is Morse code because I wouldn't imagine what a, an asterisk would be a hint of sorts.
0: Yeah, and I, I do feel like I could be totally wrong. So but if I you feel do like this you, tradition, yes. we're going to need to know some answers. We, we need we have questions that need answering. Yeah. Um, at one time, the French participated in something called Loterie d'Amour, Drawing for Love. It sort of sounds like choosing a kickball team or something. Men and women would separate and then call each other's names out and they would couple up. The men, of course, could choose another woman if they didn't like the one who they ended up with. And the unmatched women would go have a bonfire together, hurling insults and swears to men who had wronged them, burning the pictures of those men. This holiday got so out of hand, the French government stepped in and banned it. In England, there used to be a tradition of women putting bay leaves under their bed the night before Valentine's Day, um, one at each corner and the center to dream of their future husbands. You can check out the episode we did on bay leaves over at Saver for more on that. And we also talked about South Korea's Black Day on April 14th, which is a day where singles eat black foods to mourn their single status. But being single is great, y'all. It's all good. Hey, I'll eat food. Yeah, I, I, from what I understand, again, listeners, write in, it's also sort of ironic. Like, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think people are really upset about it, but I could be wrong. So, we would love to hear from anybody who knows. What are some black food? So, we did it, and in our save episode, we talked about, we were talking about um, cuttlefish ink. Oh, okay. And so, things just die. Like, any, it die. could be anything noodles. Right. I think noodles is traditional, but like um, the outside of dumplings or cupcakes, okay, all then, kinds of things.
1: Uh, Burger King have the black pink hamburger or whatever. We also
0: talked about that. Oh, okay. Yes. So I need to go listen to that episode right now. You do. You'll learn a lot. (laughs) And uh, we would love to learn a lot from you listeners, as we always do. And we do have some listener mail for this one, starting with Michaela. She wrote, Hey, y'all, I loved your two-parter on Female Revengers, particularly because I'm currently in a production of Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus, featuring one of the most intense here's my bias showing, female revengers, Tamora, queen of the goths. As an actor, villains are forever juicy to play, but Tamora, Tamora has been a mind job and a challenge unlike Anything I faced to date. The story, if you're not savvy, after losing a 10 year war against Rome, she, her three sons, and a mercenary, her secret lover, Aaron the Moor, are dragged to Rome as trophies. Her firstborn son is chosen for sacrifice by way of a rite by the titular character, Titus. She begs, she appeals to him as a parent, but he does not relent, and her son is needlessly, bias again, <laughs> slaughtered. By this, she is forever altered and irreversibly damaged and bent on revenge of epic proportions. She is elevated to empress. Yes, in the same scene, her son was murdered. And she reclaims a status that will assist her in gaining vengeance. And boy, howdy does she. She aids and abets the mutilation and rape of Titus's daughter as well as the murder of the daughter's new husband, frames two of his sons for said murder, and attempts to drive Titus insane with grief. The thing is, he's already pretty insane. Forty years of war will do that to someone. But he's the victor of war and so lauded for a service to Rome, so his wild behavior is mostly allowed, even when he kills one of his own sons. But I digress. In the end, she loses her mind and believes... She has tricked Titus into something that will finish him and his remaining family. However, he hasn't actually bought the farm and her sons are captured, murdered, and baked into a pie which she eats at a banquet. She is then killed by Titus and it is pronounced that her body will be tossed to the animals to feast on as it rots because having lived beastly, she will be food for beast. Tamora is a woman in a man's world who, when she behaves like a man, i.e. aggressively, is deemed barbarous, without womanhood and without grace. Though when Titus and every other man in the play behave in kind, no eyebrow gets raised. Her sexual prowess is often discussed as a negative, either as a tool of manipulation or further evidence of her barbarism. Meanwhile, Titus has begotten 26 sons of, one would have to imagine, 26 separate women delivered to him upon his returns from war because, you know, dude's got to let off some steam after all that warring. Furthermore, Lavinia, Titus's daughter, exists to service her father and her husband and is literally referred to as an object or property throughout the play. They are the only two women in the play, and so the Madonna and the horror dynamic is omnipresent. I have so much more to say, but I've already said more than I thought I would, and I hear the outro music spelling. Just wanted to make sure my favorite Shakespearean lady villain got her due. Nice. I... Saw that I saw the movie, yeah, when I was a kid, and it messed oh, me
2: up. Oh. Bad. <laughs> yeah, that could be
0: a little bit horrifying. The pie, the pies, anyway. <laughs> Whitney wrote, I thought of you both while watching a movie recently, and how appropriate considering you asked listeners for movie recommendations. There's a movie out of China called The Widowed Witch about a woman who survives a factory explosion which kills her husband while recovering from this trauma she endured and other trauma she ends up becoming a traveling shaman. This movie seems to tick off both categories of somewhat revenge film as well as a witch film. It is also a non-white depiction of women practicing magic. Perfect. Perfect. That's we on my list. love recommendations. Yes, we're definitely going to check that out.
1: So, we need to know, how are you going to celebrate February 14th? Or not. You don't have to. I don't blame you. Do you have a unique tradition or how is it celebrated in your neck of the woods? If you don't do Valentine's Day, is there an equivalent?
0: Or any of those friendship days? Oh, yes. I definitely had a uh, Valentine's tradition for a while. Yes, as did I. Yes. You can send your stories, answers to our questions. We had many in this episode. So many. Yes. Please don't send vinegar to
1: Valentine's. Unless they're funny. Unless I actually would appreciate a good funny one.
0: Yeah, a good funny one. That's okay. Uh, you can email us at stuffmedia momstuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at stuffmomnevertoldyou Never Told You and on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. Podcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. You can also be part of the Galantines. <laughs> we'll allow it. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio's how stuff works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring